Podcast Nation, Jenny Townsend here, and I am so excited for this week's episode. It is the first in what I am calling the Up Level series, and I'm interviewing my good friend Sunil on building your business using events. Now, full disclosure, Sunil and I have worked together on creating audience building events like this, so I know he's the real deal. Also, <laughs> a kind of funny note, in my introduction, I mentioned how many people are a part of his groups and regularly hear about his events. And my number, even though it was just a couple of months old, was way off. So I can't wait for you to hear the number that I mentioned from just a couple of months ago and the number that he mentioned from, you know, more recently. So, and I, I also believe that the level of growth that he references is entirely possible. You know, it's, it's just a matter of having a couple of fundamentals in place, right? So, like I said, I've personally used these and similar methods to grow my own audience, and I hope that you enjoy and listen closely to the gold that Sunil is about to share today. Tell me if this sounds like you. You'd love to see your business and impact consistently move up and to the right. You'd love to serve your clients at a higher level because status quo just isn't your speed. You'd love for your unique voice to be heard in a busy marketplace because you're the real deal and you deliver. If this sounds like you, welcome. You're in the right place. My name is Ginny Townsend. Now, let's up level. All right, hello, and welcome to another episode of Up Level with Ginny Townsend. I'm Ginny, and I'm incredibly excited about this week's episode. It is an interview with the master of events, as far as I'm concerned, for growing your business. And his name is Sunil Baskarin, and I can't wait to introduce you to him. But before we get started, let me, let me tell you a little bit about what he is all about. So Sunil has more than 27 years of coaching and training experience, leading and training thousands of people in mass audiences, smaller groups, and even one-on-one. In that time, he's also mentored thousands of entrepreneurs to success through coaching and group training. His meetups alone reach more than 80,000 business owners. And you can probably update this number, Sunil, when I'm done. But like the last I checked, it was 80,000, growing at a rate of about 800 people every month. What a dream, right? So he is the founder of the Global Business Mastermind, and I couldn't be more excited to have him here. Welcome to Up Level, Sunil. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's such an honor and a privilege to be here to share this information. So thank you for the opportunity. Of course, of course. And just um, because I mentioned you might have an updated number, do you like what is that that number that you currently reach in your groups? Well, last we checked, I think it was it was the last time we checked, it was quite a, a couple of months ago. It's about 120,000. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> All right. So my information on you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wow. So yeah. substantial, uh, like a six figure list for your events. That's oh yeah. Incredible. yeah. incredible. Wonderful. <clears throat> well, like I said, I couldn't be more excited to have you here. And what I think is great about how we actually connected was we met at one of your events, <laughs> right? <laughs> like yeah. the proof is in the pudding. Um, that's actually how our relationship began. And yeah. um, <clears throat> something that you shared at that event that kind of stuck with me and actually really was one of the instigators um, to then collaborate with you mm-hmm. over the last couple of years was your motto, your big idea tagline for your business. Would you mind sharing that with our audience? Yeah, that's to have 100 million joyful and successful entrepreneurs in the world by 2027. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. And would you mind telling us a little bit more about how you actually came up with that specific goal? Well, you know, I mean, I've been in the, I've been in business since 1991 uh, while I was working full time as an engineer at that time in Irvine, California. And, uh, you know, from that time onwards, you know, I, I met my mentor and right before I met my mentor, you know, I was doing door knocking to, uh, in the Irvine area, literally going from company to company, seeking people who wanted to hire me as a software coder, you know, as a consultant part-time and, uh, it was tough work doing it, you know, and, uh, my mentor showed me an easier way to do it. Well, you know, better way to do it and easier way to do it. And, uh, uh, you know, then I looked around and I saw a lot of other people who were struggling and people who were in a profession wanting to go into business, but yet, you know, were fearful of how to build an audience and rightfully so. I mean, back then we didn't even have the internet. (laughs) Uh, And then, you know, we grew up to have the internet and uh, went through all of that. And, um, 
uh, you know, it, it, it's just, what's the word? Um, it's no longer disheartening for me, but it used to be, but it's more like um, uh, that there's a missing opportunity that I see for people to get better marketing done for them, get the right kind of clients and not have to suffer through it yes, terribly. Yeah. But, you know, you, you almost in any business, you got to go through what I call the initial suffering, which is useful because you learn how to deal with stuff and you, you get confronted with the right questions, et cetera, and build through that. So I went through that whole process, right? And mm -hmm. you know, what I call the short-term suffering, which leads to long-term joy, right? Most people settle for long-term suffering mm. and short-term joy here and there. But um, in going through that process, I learned a lot deeply, not just about business, but about myself and about human beings and how they tick and what really has somebody respond in integrity and in a compelling way to you when you present a vision of how their life could improve, yes. right? Or, or how their business or some, something specific improve. And um, so, uh, you know, I think I put together a pretty good way of sorting that jigsaw puzzle for each person because everybody's different. So in going through that process of self-examination and looking at it all, I said, you know, this world would be a far better place if we had more entrepreneurs who could mentor other people. So the number I came up with, 100 million people, if you, some people catch on to this or mathematically inclined, I'm not that mathematically inclined, but if you look at it, 100 million people, if each of those 100 million entrepreneurs hires 80 people uh, or mentors 80 people, highly likely to occur on an average, then you take care of all 8 billion people on earth. Wow. The population in 2027 thereabouts. So, um, you know, it, it's uh, for that reason, that's why I chose those numbers and the methodology. And, you know, we have measures for what it takes to have a joyful and successful entrepreneur. But yeah, that's how we can that's, do And yeah. it's beautiful. It's tangible. And I think... Um, you know, once that is reached, will really and very literally change the world. So I, I get behind that 100%. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So because events are such a big part of what you do now, how did you actually get into hosting events? <laughs> I'll tell you, my, my first event was a total disaster. Uh, and my mentor, I think, almost set me up for it because he wanted to teach me a lesson. This is the old days of coaching, way back in the 90s. He was a much older gentleman. He was almost like a father figure to me. But I told him one day, you know, I think I can lead that real estate investment workshop that you have planned. And he kind of looked at me. He never smiled. He always was very serious. He said, okay. Like that. And then he said, but if anything goes wrong, just call me. I'll be right around the corner. So I get up and lead this thing. It's a Saturday morning in Irvine, Tustin, somewhere. About 100 people in the room and 100 investors in the room. All very savvy people. And here am I, you know, I've barely made one investment so far. <laughs> uh, I'm teaching these guys and uh, about 10 minutes in, into the workshop, people started throwing stuff at me. Yeah, so no oh kidding. started throwing stuff at oh me. Oh my gosh. And uh, just, you know, heckling me. And uh, I was pretty young at that time, so I started crying. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> into a bad chair, you know, and I, I, I can't remember what I said, excuse myself. Went to the back room, found a payphone, and called my coach, who came in about 10 minutes. <laughs> he said, you sit in the back and take notes. Yeah. Wow. For two wow. days. Wow. Yeah. And that didn't scare you off from doing events? Well, uh, what happened at the end on a Sunday, uh, I apologize for going too long about the story, but <laughs> on a Sunday, uh, he brought me up to the front of the room. And he said, well, well, what did you learn? And I said, well, I learned I need to listen to people. Mm. I got a standing ovation. Wow. That was my first lesson in leading an event. And uh, so I learned from there, you got to really engage. you got to learn to engage people. So those of you listening in, you, know, you want to really pay attention here. Uh, you know, it, it's the art and science of gaining someone's attention for something worthwhile in the future. So you have to really engage people very well before you start educating them or mm. training. Yeah. So, That's good. You know, so I never looked back since then because, you know, it was, I could see this is something that if I learned to do very well, I could really master it and my mentor did and uh, learned to do it really well. So that spurred me on. That's amazing. And so that was a part of your short-term suffering, right? 
Yeah, there was a little bit more short-term suffering after that. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, some some of the famous entertainers that I work with, they all tell me, uh, well, one of them told me, you know, I climbed every inch of that ladder mm. of success, including all the well, suffering points. Uh, and that's enabled me to handle my success today. Oh, yes. The success can be very confronting when you have uh, 120,000 people in your audience. you got to you gotta buck up a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's great. That's oh, great. Yeah. So what has surprised you the most about um, holding events and, and growing your business using events? How much, uh, how, how much needed it is because mm-hmm. uh, people are so socially isolated these days. Yeah. And people come up to me and say this, you know, say, well, this is your event is like timely. I needed a place to come and feel safe mm-hmm. and learn and build trust with other people because I'm not used to doing it and learning how to learn again, you know, in a good way that moves my entrepreneurship forward or my visionary forward, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's one thing. The other thing that surprised me is the variety of knowledge that's out there. And you can't afford to be arrogant about it anymore. There's so much stuff happening in the world and in Meetup especially expresses the variety and the explosion of different fields of knowledge, everything from different styles of doing real estate through innovations in coaching methodologies, through uh, financial planning, through cryptocurrency and esoteric forms of stuff that are out there, you know, and um, so there's never a dull moment uh, if you engage in this and there's never, a myth, uh, well, the, the, there's tons of opportunities to expand your audience into fresh audiences that you may not have thought of before. And that's a constant, almost weekly surprise for me to, to find. And how generous people are mm. when you have an audience and a good narrative. Mm. So if you have a good story and how you can lead your people from not knowing anything to knowing something to building an enterprise that's very successful, and you can show that narrative that's unique and novel to you, and you have a building audience, you are attracting lots and lots of people coming to you. You don't have to reach out anymore. People come to you, and, and that's certainly a nice surprise. Yeah. Wow, yes. Beautiful. Really well said. And I can see, I was actually just listening to a podcast earlier this morning because podcasters listen to podcasts, right? <laughs> and right. Um, the host referenced a study done by Cigna recently that said, um, and they were just doing like wellness kind of surveys of their members. Yeah. It was generally speaking between 30 and 40% of people at any given time feel a sense of loneliness. Yeah. It is, you know, because we are like hyper connected in an online kind of like inch deep mile wide way, there really yeah. is that missing that the depth of connection that people can have face to face. So Correct. I yeah, I think, I think that's a part of the brilliance um, yeah. of, of events. That's really good. Really good. Yeah. Um, and so, so I have hosted meetup groups, um, you know, I guess for the last couple of years. And uh, one of the questions that I've had from people when they find that out, they'll say like, oh, I tried meetup before and it didn't work or whatever. And I just, I have this sense and I would love your take on it. But that perhaps when people are just like, oh, it doesn't work, like maybe they didn't see a transaction happen early enough in their, you know, if they're building it for, well, I mean, I'm assuming like the conversation is about building a meetup group to help grow your business, right? Versus like do a hiking club or an under basket weaving kind of, you know, but, um, so I kind of wonder if people, when they, when they don't see a transaction as an immediate, like there's a correlation, they, they potentially might write off live events or meet up as a platform for growing business. And I'd be interested to hear your take on that. Well, it's a lot deeper than what you just said. What you said is quite accurate, but you know, um, like most marketing strategies, you, they, they fail mostly because they hadn't been thought through mm. deeply enough. So when I look at a person who's coming to me, a client, you, everybody else in my mastermind, I look at it in four levels, and it's important to really get this in, might be a little longer explanation, but bear with me here. Uh, You know, there are four levels, you know, people think, most people think tactically, and those are the people who tend to come in and meet up and do stuff. I'm gonna try meet up, Ah, I'm gonna try Facebook advertising, oh, I'm gonna try something else. But they only think of it tactically. I'm gonna try this, but, hmm, 
I don't know if it'll work. I, I haven't really thought it through. I haven't really figured out all the ins and outs and the nuances and the complexities of it. So they inevitably fail because it just wasn't thought through. They have the wrong target markets. They have insufficient timing in their launch. It was the wrong time of their launch. It was the bad copy. Uh, the, uh, the target markets were completely off, didn't make any sense, right? And they didn't even know it. They had a complete blind spot. You only did one or two groups, which will never work. You gotta have lots of groups feeding, few events. All that kind of thinking is missing, right? Because you're not thinking the next level up, which is strategic. Mm. When you think tactically, you're probably operating at about 10% of your total capacity, which is very, very weak. When you think strategically, you might bump it up to about 20 to 40, 50% maybe. Um, and strategic is when you ask when, how, who. Who are you marketing to? How are you marketing? What stages are you bringing them to? Are you guiding them in the right way to selling? Do you have a sales funnel, uh, et cetera? Uh, when you think at a level of vision, which is the third level, that's when your vision is driving you and you're clear, you're very clear, not just on who you're marketing, but why you're marketing to them, why they're getting compelling. What's a bigger game for you that will enable you to clarify where you want to focus, where you're not going to make waste time, where you're going to certainly spend more time and energy. And that's very clarifying, right? That clarity raises up your capacity and productivity to about 60 to 70% at that point. Wow. But when you move into what I call divinity-based marketing, uh, which is not religion-based, it's not even spiritual, you might call it metaphysical. I'm not trying to be weird about it, but it's really like when you're looking at uh, your highest calling or, your, or what's, what's the highest good that you're trying to provide. And it's never a perfect answer. But in looking at that in every interaction and in every decision you make around your vision or your strategy, interesting things start occurring in your own mind as a leader. One of the things that occurs is um, your guilt, frustration, resignation, and fear starts going down because when you focus on the highest good and less on your own ego decisions, you're inevitably going to get more confident that you're doing something that has nothing to do with you, but has done everything to do with everybody else you're trying to serve. So you're clearly coming from a service orientation that's very clarifying and builds your confidence in a way that you don't have to jump up and down and show your confidence. It's very clear and grounded in your voice. You might even hear it how we're conversing right now, right? It's very rich. And that kind of marketing and clarity is what attracts a lot more people to come to you. The productivity starts going up way more. So going back to your question, you see, most people don't think at the strategic or the vision or the divinity-based level. So they're coming in, they're trying something. They fail to see the 90 or 100 or so other tactics, things that they need to put in in order to make the meetup work. So all the things that I shared earlier, you know, bad copy, et cetera, the presentation doesn't flow, doesn't make any sense. They don't have a sales funnel. So they give up too soon. The same thing happens with Facebook ads too, which has pros and cons. You sometimes have to stick with it and be able and willing to pay more money to do Facebook ads. You don't have to do so much in meetup advertising, but with meetup advertising, you need to have patience for a slightly longer build. It takes about a year, but you can get to 7,200 people in a combined meetup audience if you choose to, and you do it consistently enough. Um, and so you got to think of it more in the patient long-term. It's a long-term joy versus short-term uh, joy that you got to choose. You know, if you do tech tactically, you're only going to get short-term joy. Right. If you think strategically, vision, divinity-wise, your long-term looks really good. <laughs> uh, so, but there's a price and investment you have to make. Yeah. That's really good. And I'm so glad you asked because I was going to say, what is a minimum time frame if someone is thinking about adding consistent events like with the meetup group? You, you know, at least yeah. a year? Yeah, you know, it's a brilliant question. I get asked it a long time. The, the real answer is you've got to be prepared to spend as much time as you can in your market regardless. Okay. Mm. Yeah. But truthfully, when I first started and I had 12, 13 groups that were feeding me, um, I was spending less than two hours a week on an wow. average on that. Uh, even today, I don't really spend even that much, even with all the groups that I have. My admins take charge of it. I don't spend a lot of money. Uh, well, I, I, I take care of my admins very well, I assure you. They're very happy. But, um, you know, it, it gets handled, uh, even as I'm speaking right now, I, I don't have to manage anything. 
Um, and so, it, it, you know, conservatively, you're looking at about two, three hours, maybe at the most a week. That doesn't include the time you have to spend traveling to it. Two events a month is what sure. you would need. Mm -hmm. uh, and so two events a month, you can pretty much have the same PowerPoint if you do it correctly. Uh, so you don't have to prepare your PowerPoint, you just have to refine it. Uh, and uh, it's not a lot of work. In fact, it's far less work than I've seen in other kinds of marketing over time. Hmm. Now, if you want to get really good at it, like anything, you got to be, you know, if you want to be a good ballet dancer, well, you know, you got to spend a lot more time on it. Uh, right. But for bare minimum, getting the kind of results uh, that are, you know, average, uh, you just need about two hours a week, two, two to three hours a week. Yeah. That's very realistic. That's very realistic. Yeah, very, and yeah. Yeah, and I, I heard a number that you mentioned in your previous answer that I feel like my listeners will be like, wait, can you go into that? So sure. I'm going to ask on their behalf. Sure. You mentioned 7,200 members, yeah. combined members. What is, what is so interesting about that number? Well, it's kind of the numbers that I came up with based on an average for what most people like to track, which is entrepreneurs and professionals. In most uh, urban areas, that urban meaning you're close to a city center that has at least more than a million people. So, you know, San Francisco, most of the major cities, Houston, Dallas, New York, even London, even other countries, uh, all the cities are more or less becoming more and more uniform, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and so in those cities for entrepreneurs and professionals, at the rate at which meetups are being done right now, not most people who do meetups are failing and not doing it right. So if you know how to do it right, you're ahead of the pack. Okay. So based on all those things that I've seen over the last 10 years, I'm fairly confident. Again, there are exceptions to the rule, but I can't guarantee it, obviously. But sure. in most cases, yeah, not a, not a problem getting to you to 7,200 people or more in your niche of entrepreneurs and professionals for your business. Um, and that means you've got to create more groups. Uh, you got to be willing to do at least two events per month on an average. If you do that, then you're exciting the search engines, including Google and meetup.com to promote you very well. And, and automatically too, I'll add, I'll add. Yeah. Wonderful. And then just, I guess, to further clarify, is there something about that 7,200 number that once you hit that, there's like the, yeah. the momentum is at a place where, you know, you, it, it's climbing a little bit more consistently. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. Yeah, there's so much to share. And sometimes I, you know, it's unconscious competence for me. You know, I <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, when you hit, you know, when you get, in fact, when you start hitting about two or three thousand, uh, and you do everything that I ask you to do, uh, you you start noticing uh, that that the ramp up of results gets even higher. We used to track our results on a daily basis. We were pretty crazy back then. Wow. Um, and we would look at our Google traffic because you can do Google Analytics very well on Meetup. For all our Meetup groups, we would look at a spreadsheet and we could literally see at some point, and we could predict it even based because we understood some of the search engines, we could predict when the inflection point would be for certain Meetup groups. So when oh. we would start going a little vertical, not completely vertical, but a little yeah. vertical. Yeah, the hockey and stick we all want, right? <laughs> like a hockey stick, yeah, exactly. The proverbial hockey stick, you know, like that. And uh, we start seeing a lot of those occurring. Um, and uh, uh, so uh, I forgot the original question. But, oh, is uh, it, yeah. Is it like when they're like momentum kind of takes hold? Yes. And, yes. So, yeah. So around, uh, you'll see it around like 1,000 to 1,500. Even at 600, you see certain infection points occurring for certain groups. Uh, again, this varies, but pretty sure. predictable in these cities. Uh, and then at 7,200 in the second year, uh, you know, you're, you're beginning to, uh, well, I mean, at that point, you know, like for me, I mean, I get a lot of, I get about 30% of my business from people finding me on Google, but they don't find my website, they find my meetup groups. And then I get speaking gigs, offers, et cetera. Uh, my business partner, Bill, used to get speaking offers as far away as China and Malaysia. They would find us online oh, wow. on our meetup groups edified us because they saw our audiences and saw what we were doing and uh, almost hired us on the spot for you know, coming to speak to Malaysia, BMW, Nestle, etc. Wow. So, um, uh, you know, and I mean, I can go on with the statistics, but I'm going to bore you, but the, um, the, that's what starts happening at the 7,200 level. 
is more people start noticing you because mm. the marketing people are very savvy. Mm. You know, they're checking you out on Meetup. They're looking for the top people in Meetup on LinkedIn. They want new, fresh people to talk to so they can find fresh audiences. So it makes sense to see for them to start reaching out to the chambers of commerce if they're savvy enough to do it. But if you reach out to them and you offer to promote their events in return for you speaking at their events, it's almost a no-brainer uh, in most right. cases because they want fresh new people coming to them. Um, so it's a very healthy, grounded, no-nonsense kind of exchange of business, but it's also a bigger vision being fulfilled here, you know, and you got to pay yes. attention to the bigger vision. Otherwise you get caught up in the transactionalness yes. of it and it gets boring real fast. Yes. Yeah. Limited yeah. thinking in school. Exactly. Exactly. Because it becomes tactical, right? It becomes overly technical and that's why people get burnt out. I've seen too many joint venture people get burnt out. I've talked to them quite a bit, you know, they, and then they all after within a few years they go, man, I just want to work with only people I trust who's got mm -hmm. my back. And because if it gets too transactional, then it's just about expectations that can yeah. be realistic after a while. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you you it's it's good when you attract the right people, and then yes. you become selective about who you want to work with. Like yes. You, we enjoy working with you totally. Likewise. And, yeah, totally, totally get that right. You can feel mm -hmm. the energy that uh, between us, and it's good, solid, and you know you you want to create that kind of attraction when you have an audience and a good narrative and you display it on meetup, yes. uh, people start coming to you. They, they give you free locations to use um, and uh, opportunities to speak, etc. It's a lot becomes a lot easier in the second year if you do things right and then you know you work through your narrative as well. Yeah. Very good. Yes. And I mean um, before we go on, I just want to touch base a little bit more on that the transactional piece that I do think um, Meetup is probably just viewed oftentimes as a tactic or as a part of a marketing plan. Yeah. But I also think it's worth noting, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. You yeah. never know who is in the room, you know, from like a long-term relationship standpoint or yeah. a potential business partner or collaboration. Like you never know. So yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, um, I'm on an advisory board of a legal tech company in the Bay and yeah. the founder actually hosted, um, pitch fests. Yeah. That's, and that, and that was actually a way for her to get in front of, um, well, she, she owns a law firm. And yeah. so, but what she didn't realize was hosting those events was that's actually where she found her lead investor for her startup. They that's just they cultivated a relationship. And I mean, like that is a huge, that's a big deal. And if she had just focused on, all right, I didn't get any clients for my law firm on right. meetup event number one, she would have yeah. potentially missed out on this really incredible, like a perfect fit for the lead investor for this firm. So yeah, you, you touch on a very critical point, you know, because a lot of people think, oh, I gotta, I gotta have huge audiences in order to do well. No, sometimes your huge audience will fall flat mm -hmm. if you don't have the right narrative, etc., and you know, yeah. you don't have an intimacy connection. I've had events, uh, rarely so, but some events only five only one person will show up but that one person will write me a check for 10 grand yeah because it's an intimate conversation it's yes. more there right yes so you gotta, yeah you, you, okay. you're hitting a really good point and this is a point that most people lose completely because they're too transactionally minded they're not thinking about the narrative and the reason why they're in business so you know for me even five people who might walk in and they, they don't even know what the meetup is about which is rare but it does happen because people don't read you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but they come they show up and they listen and they feel like you're listening to them mm. Key point, i'll repeat it for the heart of hearing they feel like you are really getting into their world and when that happens they start seeing connections that they don't see otherwise mm. and this is an important skill that can only be developed when you do it in person and with experience, if you don't have the experience, you can't learn it from an app, you can't learn it from a book, you can't even have a coach like transmit it to you somehow, you have to really engage in it a lot before you get into that intuition of, oh, this guy, there's something in this guy that he wants that I'm feeling, I'm beginning to see the jigsaw puzzle form, I just have to yes. ask him questions and voila. Yes, it yes, happens, like right? the answers are here, yes. Correct. 
Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. And um, I wanted to actually transition to talk about how I, one way that actually that you opened my eyes and how these networking events can grow my business yeah. um, was bringing on like collaboration events. So I actually, when I started hosting meetups, I thought it needed to be all me or whatever. I need to figure it out. But, right. um, and then I needed to actually fill the calendar, yeah. you know, twice a month, every month, um, yeah. which was a little daunting, but I was like, you know, I, I really feel like this can help. But, yeah. but then you brought the idea of collaborative events. Um, yeah. Am I speaking to that? This is where your business goes exponential. We thought we were doing fantastic when we were growing, you know, with those ice, ice hockey picks or whatever you call them. But, you know, when we started doing collaborations, it, we saw the 100 million happening, you know, realistically because the numbers are, are there, but the quality is what is amazing and the ease of which you can start operating your business gets a lot better once you find the right collaborations. But more importantly, you're attracting the right kind of collaborations. And see, the more you attract, the more you can sit back. It's almost like getting 100 resumes for a job, which can be that you're offering. It can be kind of daunting. Right. But on the other side of it, you've got 100 resumes. Wow. Right. You can sit back and pick yes. what you want, who resonates with you, why does he resonate with you. You start inquiring into that when that sense of a overused word, but abundance comes to you, but you have choices now, and you have choices and options, now your thinking gets more elevated. You're yes. looking for, okay, okay, transactionally very good, but does he connect with me on the same pursuit of the highest good? Is he or she connecting with me on the vision? You get more selective, because when you get more selective, you get the right people. You get five good joint venture people, they'll feed you for life. Right. You don't have to walk around too much. Right. And you have someone like five people like that, believe me, you will start attracting other people too. They'll come out, they'll be saying, wow, you're working with so-and-so. Uh, how did you do that? <laughs> I know them. They're really awesome people. No brainer. Let's work, you know? And, yeah. uh, and that's when the real well, joy and success comes into your entrepreneurship. Mm. This is what I want to teach people how to do it. I know you, you and I have experienced that very much so. Definitely. in our interactions and um you know this is how life should be done and i feel and this is how business should be done is from relational building that high level of interaction like that i forgot your, your original question but i think I'm <laughs> collaborative events yes collaborative, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know at a transactional level at just tactical most people think oh you know just make sure that he and i have agreements etc which is good definitely important to do but when you move it up to strat strategic, you want to attract the right people. So how do you create an environment that attracts people coming to you? Well, you need a good narrative. You need a good audience, a starting seed audience of a few hundred. And it has to be transparent. If you have your own email database, people can't see it. They can't really gauge it unless you mm -hmm. expose it to them, which is risky. Mm -hmm. but up, you know, it's transparent. You can see it. You can see the engagement, et cetera. And people get a sense of you right away. Uh, so strategically, it makes more sense you know, to do it that way. Then when you move up to the vision base, uh, you've got to look and see if your strategic partners, or your collaborative partners, are kind of meshing with your vision. Mm. Because they're only thinking at the transactional level, it's going to get weird. It's like marrying someone when you're a visionary and you marry someone who's just thinking about doing administrative work all day long. Well, it could work on one hand, but at some level, you'll start seeing some kinks in the relationship because you right. can't think at the same level, right? right? I'm not saying that if you're married to someone who's not going to divorce them, but yeah. I'm just saying that it may be a mismatch. Uh, then when you think at the divine level, in terms of the highest calling, this is where you get a little bit more selective about who you want to spend more time with as a collaborative partner. And I'm glad to see, I'm really proud to say in our, in our mastermind, you know, we have some amazing people who I've gotten the pressure, including you, uh, you very much so, and other people too, you know, who I, in a second would do webinar exchanges with or introduce to someone else. And it just feels so good to have that level of camaraderie. Uh, and to create that, uh, you know, that takes divine thinking and strategic thinking. 
uh, not tactical yes. thinking sufficiently. Yeah. Yeah, it does. No, and I'm, I'm very thankful for that as well. So I, I, just, I remember how much my mind was blown when I realized, oh my gosh, like the, the collaboration that could be brought into events. So thank you yeah. for digging into that for our audience today. Sure. And yeah. um, so we were talking a little bit before I hit record about how, yes, meetup is at, it's like the central, the hub of the wheel. And you, um, you know, we've used like different spokes of like, Hey, also post your event everywhere else. But, but historically, you know, we've used meetup as kind of the hub of the wheel, but you said the the universe is expanding. Um, would you mind kind of speaking into that for us? Yeah, absolutely. You know, meetup is a great platform. I think it's going to last a long time, but, uh, it won't be the only platform because other people are millions of not tens of not hundreds of millions of smart people out there who are, um, and I've been in contact with some of them who are thinking of other improved platforms that might work even just specifically for certain niches. Example, entrepreneurs like you and I, and maybe even uh, visionaries, et cetera. And so uh, the, the marketplace is expanding. So, you know, strategically, we decided to become more platform independent over time, which is why, you know, I think what I'm really selling is the, is the strategic thinking, the, the blueprint overall model idea of how you can build an environment that attracts and grows an audience, not just of end clients, hmm. but also collaborators. Yeah. And, and then even maybe a higher level of collaborators, which includes city governments, et cetera. So when you think like that, that the thinking is more important than the platform. Yes. Very much so, because if not, if you become married to the platforms, like being married to Facebook, and a lot of people are just doing Facebook marketing, bless their hearts, they're still doing pretty well. But at some point, that's going to end. <laughs> you yeah. know, the platform is only yeah. a limited lifetime. Um, and I've been in technology enough to know it. And you know, I've studied artificial intelligence in its early years, too. Nothing much has really changed in AI. <laughs> you yeah. know, from the basics, it's really good search algorithms that are more done much faster. Sure. So and, and better in some mm-hmm. ways. But um, there's only so much you can do in a particular platform over time. So you have to think more strategically as a human being connecting mm-hmm. to other human beings rather than just at the technology level. Uh, so that's why we've moved best. So we really are selling an ecosystem, how you can build an ecosystem in your own business that attracts the right collaboration and clients, the thinking that does that, and then how you implement it, whether it's on Meetup, Meetup's pretty good right now. Right now, we're using a combination of Meetup, LinkedIn, and Alignable to do this, more Meetup and LinkedIn, and then also uh, uh, Google uh, Search as well. When you combine all three of those platforms with the loyal collaborations, I think you've got a nuclear powered set of marketing that doesn't occur overnight. It takes a year to build. Mm-hmm. So it takes patience. If you don't have the patience, it's going to be very tough. But if you have the patience to build it uh, in one year, you could be sitting very, very well. Yeah. Right. And what I love about that too is it's built yeah. on fundamentals right? It's not built on flash of the pan tactics. And if you're getting the world's largest search engine, the world's largest professional networking site, the world's largest event site, you know, all, all like bringing people continually to you. Those, I mean, that's, that is effective marketing right there. Yeah. But all three of those, and I noticed from a technology point of view are based on a fundamental human want, Hmm. which Mm -hmm. is fundamental to all your clients. The fundamental human want is they are searching for something they want. Yes. And you have to show fairly quickly that you have that, or at least the makings of one. And so, you know, when you work with the collaborations and all those three platforms, they are far more lower cost than what some other people do. And it's great, bless their hearts, that they're doing it. But it's lower cost and it's a better return on investment. But the cost investment you have to make is your time over a year. You have to build it up. You, you will make money in the interim, but you're not going to hit stability until a couple of months or a year out. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I mean, it's, yeah, it's strong. It's the fundamentals right there. Yeah. yeah. So um, now I do kind of want to talk a little tactically. <laughs> so regarding specific types of events and i alluded this to this earlier that you know when you you recommend two events a month to really gain you know grow momentum grow your membership and all that 
Yeah. Um, but, and I enjoy teaching and training. I really do. You know, so I think that's what I was really, I was attracted um, to meet up for that reason. But let's say someone is maybe not a subject matter expert. They just want to have like maybe host a networking event or they, they want to grow their community or they want to provide a place for, you know, like like-minded individuals to gather. What types of events? So if someone doesn't want to be the trainer or the speaker for at least every event, what types of events do you see working that can either come alongside a training event that you would host or just kind of, I guess, provide some breathing room until you come up with your next training? Yeah. You know, it's a good question. You know, um, I mean, I'm an introvert by nature. You wouldn't believe it. Met me obviously initially, but you would believe me when you see me going back home after an event. I'm going up with Shakespeare in my bed. Uh huh. Um, you know, is that um, yeah? There's a wide range of event types that you can do where you don't necessarily have to be the center of of it, but you are the center of it, but not visibly so. Right. And uh, you know, so like even networking events where you facilitate connections, maybe will encourage you to do that at a networking event. But my networking events are some of the most productive events that I do, and I don't even do a presentation. I repeat it again: I don't even do a presentation. I don't even talk about my business, but they are some of the most profitable events I do because I create such a great space for people mm-hmm. to connect that they become inevitably curious about what I do. And I have a nice little table in the event. People come to it. They sign up for a free consultation and they convert. And some people come to me and they have a conversation. They see the audience around and it edifies me right away. And most people are surprised because I don't wear a badge or anything. They come like, well, who are you? And I go, oh, I organized the event. They go, what? <laughs> <laughs> and go, well, how did you do this? And I share with them in a very non-salesy way, almost a very social way. And uh, they get very engaged because I'm not trying to sell them. Right. But I am selling them. Right. <laughs> because right. I'm building a relationship. They're, they're curious already. They're coming to me. See, mm. you, you, you've got to learn how to create that kind of event. Now, we also do summits where you don't have to be the center. You can have other people come and speak and you curate the information. And you maybe have some uh, presence there because you run the event in front of the stage, but you have other, everybody else talk. It's a win for everybody else because they speak. Uh, my friend Atul, who's also part of our mastermind in the Silicon Valley area, does a lot of panels for the startup and tech community. We have like, I think one event we had 150. I've, I've been to the event. Some of the events had 300 people in the room, wow. spending room only. And then there are five speakers. The five speakers totally benefit in a panel. They spend about 10 minutes each. The officiator, which is Atul, who's a very soft-spoken, wonderful gentleman, very intelligent, highly intelligent, uh, but very soft-spoken, barely says a few words. You can't even hear him sometimes, but he's very powerful in his presence. Uh, and uh, the five people do most of the talking. Uh, and people are engaged. And people want to know more about his events and get more engaged with Atul. So, you know, there are many ways to do this without having to be like just an educational event, etc. Yeah. Wonderful. We do social Wonderful. events. We do hiking events. Uh, my uh, other friend, Eric Weisman, is part of our group too. He does social trainings for people who are socially awkward. So we just have hiking events. We go out hiking. We do fun. He does fun things with them. Uh, and he makes business happen. That's uh, really you know, smart. Yeah. So many ways to do Many ways to do an event, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. And then, so taking a look at what's working right now from the event perspective, um, yeah. like any, maybe any trends that you see happening right now, but like what would you say are some defining characteristics for successful events um, that are business-driven for 2019 yeah. and beyond? Wow, well, yeah, I see really great things happening, especially in the world of Meetup. I'll tell you why. Uh, so meetup.com is a platform that was started by two guys who started up in New York right after 9-11 uh, when the two buildings were hit. They wanted people to meet because people were lost in New York. So they set up a platform online for people to connect with friends and relatives who were lost, etc. That's how it started. They're very community conscious, still are. But they got purchased by, uh, by WeWork.com, which is a real estate, commercial real estate that uh, rents out office space all around the world. You probably have seen them. So we were purchasing for very good strategic reasons because they provide locations for meetups. Very great. 
bring in people, right? And renters, mm -hmm. et cetera. So what's happened is WeWork is a multi-billion dollar company it's pumped in money to meet, meet up. I think this is what's happened. The marketing budget of Meetup is going through the roof and they're creating more traffic from meetup.com period, which benefits all my people, especially who are riding that wave. So we're seeing that. That's one trend. I think that will continue at least for a few years. Um, and the second trend is people, more people are moving to cities from rural areas. That's happening all around the world. I've seen it in, Singapore, uh, well, in Malaysia, Indonesia, Certainly in Singapore, Singapore is a hub where a lot of people are coming in, Southeast Asia. Um, and uh, you're even seeing it in Manila, Manila in Philippines, Australia, every, almost every city in the world. In fact, most people won't get this, but the largest city in the world in about 10 years is going to be a city most people never even think about. Really? Which you one? Well, if it's not one that I think of. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what would I not think of? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. I'll okay. tell you. It's, it's Lagos, Nigeria. Oh, wow. I would most not people, have thought about that. Most people don't. 60 million people. Whoa. Now? Lagos, Nigeria. Well, it's going to be. Projected. Years, okay. Wow. That's enormous. I know. Yeah. The population of France is almost 60 million or probably more than that. A little bit more than that. Uh, wow. Right. Um, or was that at least 10 years ago. So you can gauge that, right? People are more people are moving to the city. When you move to the city, you're looking for opportunities to socialize, build your business, connect for your, for your own profession, uh, or meet other women, etc. you know, like that, right? Mm -hmm. So um, meetups are almost like an automatic way of doing that. So the overall traffic into meetup is growing. And inevitably funnels into you if you know how to set up your meetups correctly. Uh, so that's another trend. The other trend I'm thinking more meta-wise is that I'm seeing a wide range, I mentioned it earlier, of different topics that are coming that are infinitely engaging, right? Everything from financial instruments that are more technology-based in fintech uh, through uh, the technologies that are coming out for sure and AI and robotics. My brother uh, is also engaged in technology in the area. Uh, he and I share a lot about some of the cutting edge stuff that's going on, blows your mind. The stuff in brain science that applies to leadership, it's going to oh, come wow. out. Um, it's a fascinating time. Uh, and then, of course, there's the politics, the socioeconomic stuff that's coming out. It's like more and more people are getting engaged in mass in groups. And so that's a huge opportunity right now, just not just to grow your own audience uh, in a good way, but to attract other audiences of other collaborators who mm -hmm. infinitely want to collaborate now because they see that makes sense. It just gets so exciting to do it. And Meetup can facilitate that very well if you know what you're doing. Uh, so uh, I, I'm definitely seeing that huge trend. I'm also seeing other trends like, uh, you know, younger uh, adults, in fact, adults younger than you yourself, <laughs> you're pretty, I mean, you're, Mature young, but uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to be nice about being honest, but uh, you know, uh, who are coming up and they want the guidance of women like you um, because you're ahead of the game that they want to enjoy, see? And they're kind of clueless because uh, more and more so, they're not getting the kind of mentoring they need because the older generation is being laid off. So they're not getting enough mentoring. It's a big problem. Mm. So they're looking around and going, well, let me try this meetup and see if they can give me guidance. That's so cool. I'm seeing that huge trend for women and, and men too, definitely men too. There are a lot of lost men coming up into the career and they don't have enough guidance to, uh, for, for help. Hmm. Uh, so I'm seeing that as well. Um, there's a lot more NGOs who are coming up, non-government, uh, non-profits, who have causes who want to engage with businesses as well and technologies. So you're seeing a lot of this coming together. And um, so like the city of Chicago reached out to me a year ago, they want to work because they saw what I was doing in Silicon Valley. This is what happens when you have a presence and an audience. Right. And they said, you know what, very interesting how you're doing this. We want to bring the universities together with the startup companies and with the nonprofits, just like exactly how I envisioned. So that's another trend that's beginning to occur city to city. All these cities want to consolidate their power and you can ride that wave as well. And that, it wow. makes life very, very interesting. We are, we are beginning to see that in Silicon Valley. So the chambers of commerce are already working with us. 
we, we work with a couple of city governments and doing combined events with them in Santa Cruz and a couple other cities as well. Uh, and we didn't solicit them. They came to us. Wow. Uh, so fascinating. if you're an entrepreneur, take note, this is how you build an audience with fresh people. There's nothing like having a city mayor promote you at an event <laughs> with his own database. Right. He wants to get reelected and he sees your event space as an avenue to do that. Wow. It's a great way to do it. Wow. That's fascinating. How interesting. Yeah. How interesting. Great. Well, then, as we wrap up, so how would you suggest to our listeners, like, what would be the next step you'd recommend for them to up-level their business using live events? Well, you know, I think the easiest way to do is get my free trainings, and you can go to uh, www.exponentialaudience.com. And uh, I'll, I'll give you the link if you want to post it. Um, yeah, I'll post it in the show notes. Yeah. So it's exponential audience. This is how it's spelled out exponential like that. <laughs> exponential <laughs> curve. Uh, audience.com. And uh, it's free trainings. And it's very, I think it's it's easy to, to follow. There, there's a training about email to you, obviously, uh, every week or twice a week at the most. And it's got like little short little bullet points of what you want to understand. So over a period of a couple of weeks, you start getting a very good picture mentally of how you can yourself customize what I'm talking about to your own business or your own vision. So it's exponentialaudience.com and uh, there are some webinars in there. If you want to go ahead of the game, you can download the entire trainings that I do in a nice little report uh, and uh, get the whole thing once, once and for all and read it through. Or you can follow along easily one step at a time. Uh, so it's exponentialaudience.com. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. And then um, in case the audience wants to check out more about who you are or more about your meetup groups, do you have um, a place that you would recommend that they go to see what a really successful meetup group looks like? Oh, you can, you know, <laughs> it's going to sound funny, but it's truth. If you go to uh, meetup.com and type in Sunil Baskaran, my full name, uh, or even Sunil within uh, 50 miles, 100 miles of San Jose, uh, you, you'll probably see not all my meetups, but a good chunk of my meetups show up. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you again so much for joining the Uplevel audience today, Sunil. I truly appreciate all the gold that you delivered. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure working with you. Yeah, and in the future. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thanks again for joining us today. I'm so glad you listened to this episode or watch this episode if you caught us over on YouTube. But until next time, continue to be up and to the right.